This is Jessica Jimeno, and you are listening to Flip Switch, the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings understand depression and bipolar disorder. I am playing the song Back to School Again by the Four Tops from the Grease 2 soundtrack. Why? Because today is part one of two parts in the ADHD Back to School series. Aaron, a successful 29-year-old with ADHD, will tell us three problems she faced in school. She'll tell us how ADHD affected everything, from her friendships to exams. This podcast is an eye-opener for anyone wishing to succeed despite ADHD or anyone wishing to support someone with ADHD. And now, let's hear from our newest Flip Switch guest. My name is Erin Kozad. I'm 29 years old. I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska in the United States, but now I am in Ontario, Canada. I am the administrative assistant for a not-for-profit organization. My diagnosis is pretty complex. I am ADHD combined subtype, which means I have the hyperactivity component and the inattention. I also have generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, and clinical depression. How old were you when you were diagnosed with ADHD? 27. How do your illnesses affect you? With the ADHD, obviously inattention is a factor. If I'm not very interested in something, I'm easily distracted and I have problems organizing things, especially visually. With the anxiety issues, if I get very nervous when I go out amongst people that I don't know. And with the clinical depression, when I'm in my depressed states, uh, I actually sleep excessively. The things that I normally enjoy are no longer of any interest to me. I'm actually treated right now. When I was untreated, my clinical depression was pretty much every day. It was life impairing. What is your education? I started at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and then I moved back home after my second year to attend the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And I graduated from there with a bachelor's degree in elementary education. Now, with regards to school, how did ADHD impact you? Well, I did relatively well academically. It took me longer than most people to do homework. In regards to my social life, I had a difficult time because I knew that I was different than other people and they knew that too. So when I was 
younger, there was some issues with being teased. And as I got older, I just kind of became a bit of a loner. It was always a balance between sometimes I would be impulsive and other times I would just not say much out of shyness because I didn't know what to say so I could be viewed as stuck up. In university, in my second year, I befriended some girls on my floor. We were all kind of silly, and as I start to let my guard down around people, I can get sillier and sillier, try to entertain them. It comes from the impulsivity. Once I went too far with it, and I ended up making them upset with me. We had a bit of a falling out. Those types of situations ended up making me more socially anxious because I would always be holding in this impulsive type of behavior. It made me feel like I can't really trust anyone to be just myself. Is there a fear that they won't give you unconditional support? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a fear of support. At that time, I didn't know that I had ADHD. It's not like I could have said to them, hey, this is a problem because of this. They just, you know, I would assume thought I was being mean or being overly silly. After what happened, I even wrote them a note. But because I didn't know what the issues were, I, I just said that I was sorry for offending. If you know someone with those types of issues, try asking them what were you thinking in that moment or what made you do that a lot of times they might say i don't know that usually means it's an impulsive behavior they didn't know why they did that what is a second problem you faced in school because of adhd in high school i did relatively well because we had a lot of structure I had more difficulty with things I, I wasn't interested in, but most of school I was interested in so I could do what is called hyper-focusing, and I did hyper-focus on school. I also happened to be gifted, so it helped, but once I lost that structure by going to university, no longer was there Bell telling you, oh, this class, that class, people overseeing you, you're no longer really accountable. It made it easier for me to rationalize not going to class because I knew I was relatively intelligent and got good grades in high school, I thought, well, I can just not go to this class and read the book and I'll be fine. And it absolutely wasn't true because the consequences were so delayed. I never really saw what effect it had on my grade until afterwards. I ended up with a semester where for the first time I was on academic probation and at risk of not being able to go to that university anymore, which was my huge wake-up call. So I did bring it up back to Dean's List by the following year, but it meant really working my butt off and spending a lot of money to retake courses I'd failed or dropped. And sometimes to this day, I still have nightmares that I didn't finish some classes. The courses I usually would end up skipping were things I found myself not very interested in and that's pretty ADHD typical. I remember one I took literally three times. It was a nutrition and science course and it was terribly boring to me. Finally, what was a third ADHD-induced problem that you faced? My learning disabilities, which now I know what they are, at the time I did not. So with tests, I had a very difficult time answering essay questions in the class because I have 
processing speed delay, which means my brain and my hand pretty much don't work very well together. So I couldn't think about what I wanted to write at the same time as actually writing it down with my pencil. However, when I'm writing on the computer and I'm writing at home, I'm fabulous. I actually scored on my testing in the 98th percentile for writing and I was in the uh, fifth percentile or some of the, one of the lowest percentiles for doing the essay by hand. The time limits and the other students in a class increased my anxiety when it comes to exams. People with ADHD get distracted easily, so even coughing or tapping pencils. I would frequently look up at the professor and lose my train of thought. You're always having to refocus yourself. If I had to do it over again and if I knew I had ADHD, I would definitely get accommodations, which a lot of universities offer. When you have a diagnosis, if you bring them the diagnosis, they'll offer you private test room, extra time on your exam. You know, I may not have ever needed actually the ne the extra time, but just knowing that you have the extra time and, and taking that pressure off may have really helped me focus on the content, which is what it's all about. It's really all about what you've learned, not what you can remember in that moment. To conclude, thank you, Erin, for helping us understand the obstacles people with ADHD face in school. Don't miss the end of this series. In the next podcast, part two, Erin identifies three strategies students can use to excel despite ADHD. But before the next podcast, you can always hear other podcasts and Read my blogs on the Flip Switch page at www.bpkids.org forward slash flip switch forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Until we meet again, this is Jessica Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.